Well, church, hello. <laughs> I drove up to the playhouse and I thought, wow, they're kind of cruel here, but they have announced this, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> but we are very grateful to be here, and uh, we've had some good fun with uh, a lot of you. Um, actually, yesterday, we, uh, uh, Dave took us... Uh, Dave and Grace took us out on the lake, so that was good fun. You should have seen us there. We were in the tube. Looked very cool. Patty wants to, uh, <clears throat> Patty wants to show you who our family is, so we'll run a short clip here. Yeah, good morning. Usually we have 30 minutes, and David give me two minutes. So my two minutes go. Maybe some of you remember we have three children. Uh, here's my son, Jesse, and his son, Theo, and Grandpa. They live in Toronto, and here his wife, and with Theo Meg. And here's Stephanie, our second daughter. She's 28, married to Tyler Costin. And they live in now um, Blaine, and, and they also live in Phoenix, Arizona, I think, something like that. And she had three children, two daughters, and that little boy, two weeks old. Uh, uh, Cody, Charlie, and Nash, and Grandma. And here's Nash. Yeah, he looked like a little boy. <laughs> so, and the youngest ones also live in Toronto. Her name is Melanie, 21, and she's finished um, third year of university. So she will uh, need another year to finish her university. So thank you for your prayer and support. Maybe some of you knew us when the kids kind of tiny. And also here we have an, an extended family. This is our kids, let's say, in the Lord. That's our dorm kids um, in Cambodia. That's what we work with right now, yeah. So thank you for your love and prayer and support, yeah. A lot of times, um, I don't know if you can remember back, maybe there are some of you who go back, 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 and you can remember the old missionaries that used to come from uh, some foreign place. They would maybe set up a table with some curios, you know, things that you can look at and say, oh, this is a Cambodian something or other. I just bring Patty. She's made in Cambodia. <laughs> Works better that way for me. It's like the coolest thing I could bring. Let's pray. This works. It does. We're good. As Patty said, we are very grateful to you. Um, we often feel like we are an extension of your church. Um, as the Christian and Missionary Alliance is what it is, we are an extension of, your, of, of you. We're your hands and feet in Cambodia. What you want to do in Cambodia, we're going to do that for you. So uh, we're very grateful that you're on this side that you stand with us and serve as we are serving the kingdom over there, you're serving the kingdom over here. And your support, your prayer support, seriously, is so crucial to our work. Um, I've sometimes said that it's a little bit like uh, a missionary who goes off to a foreign country, has painted a target on his back, and the enemy just likes to launch everything possible at that, that individual. Um, it's not really fair to say that because we as Christians are all in the field. We all have a mission field. And our target is painted on all of our backs. But the thing is, we win. 
I read the end of the book. I often say that um, in Cambodia, I am a hope peddler. You know, uh, I think we as Christians all are hope peddlers. We sell it, right? And uh, for us, it's quite exciting to be in a country that's as hopeless as Cambodia because it's, everybody wants our product. Everybody's very, very interested, and it's quite nice to be able to share, and uh, we're very excited about that. So anyways, you are part of our work. We're grateful for that. Special thanks to David and Grace for keeping us in their home, and uh, thank you also to Rhea for the use of her car. I think it's her car. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Grateful there. That's got us around. We haven't hit anything. Saw a moose, but no problem there with the moose. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I wonder if maybe I gave out money here. Did I ever give out money here? Cambodian money? Uh-huh. Okay. I thought about doing that again, but, you know, I wanted it to be so you would remember me, and then I think more people remembered that cheapo Mennonite guy that gave us a bill that was worth about a penny. So I'm not bringing money anymore. <laughs> but uh, as you know, I am a, a third culture kid. In the old days, we used to say a missionary kid. My parents were missionaries to Cambodia in 1960. And uh, I went over there. I grew up over there and in Thailand, then in Cambodia once more. So a lot of people come to Cambodia and they're saying, Show us something that's really interesting about this country. And I look around and it's like, I don't know, it all looks, this is the way it is. And then they're looking and saying, wow, this is, look how that, and I never even notice it, right? Because it's where I live. So uh, one of the things, though, that I have been impressed with, or something that I have caught now, is that in Cambodia, many people, many families live together in community. You, it's not weird to find three or four generations living on a property. Um, mom and dad may own a property as they have kids. When the kids are grown, they build a little house off to the side, and then the kids live there, and then the grandkids are there, and when the grandkids grow up, they build another little piece, and you have these little, it's not like an apartment complex, it's like little individual buildings, but they may share a meal together like that, and it's kind of fun. Uh, because my mother is also in Cambodia, um, many people say, oh, you guys live together, right? And I say, no, we don't. Uh, and then they say, well, you don't live with her, but she lives with you. And I say, no, 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 she has her thing out there, and we have our thing over here. And they don't get that. So, I mean, that's the way they do it in their country, um, and we do it differently. So there are differences between, uh, you know, what they do and what we do. Now, most of you um, have probably uh, been... Have, do you know what the Christian and Missionary Alliance is about and what, that we are a unique organization? You know that we have the fourfold gospel, Christ is our Savior, our Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. And what sets us apart from other similar types of denominations is that we are a mission, missionary sending organization. Sending missionaries, that's our jam, that's what we do. We do that better than anybody else. No, really, I mean it. I am one. I'm second generation. I know what we do. It's the best. So we're doing that. Our whole thing is that you are allied with us and in our work to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Like me, I am one of the ends of the earth. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
um, our founder, A.B. Simpson, thought that perhaps he could bring back the return of Christ by getting the gospel into all the corners of the world. Because scripture says that this gospel will be preached in all the world and then the end will come. So to hasten that day, let's hasten to get it out there. Now, I'm going to do my bit in Cambodia. I'm going to count on you to do your bit here in Prince. Okay? Our membership in the world with the CNMA is about 3 million and we're in 81 countries. The CNMA were the first missionaries to Cambodia, translated the Bible and the hymn book into the Cambodian language. And now there are roughly 5,000 members of the Khmer, International, uh, Khmer Evangelical Church, which is the CNMA in Cambodia. So we have about 5,000. And Patty and I work among university students who are uh, young people from various uh, of the CNMA churches there. We believe, Patty and I believe, that we are uniquely placed in a position where we can expand the kingdom of, not only expand the kingdom of heaven, but we can also change the face of Cambodia. And we invite you to join with us in making this happen. Now, that's a bold statement, but in Cambodia, there's a real split between people who have money and people who have no money. The really, really wide gap. Uh, there are billionaires and there are zero heirs. No money people. And they live under a piece of plastic on the sidewalk and they scrounge for edible weeds that are growing up between the pieces of tile on the sidewalk. Um, we, saw, we saw the problem and it was like the, uh, the, young, the people that come from the countryside uh, are extremely poor and uneducated. If they want to get an education, the universities are all in the city. So they must move from the, from the countryside to the city and when they do that, it's expensive. There's no place to stay. There's no resident program. Maybe they'll get a scholarship so that they can, so the kid doesn't have to pay the tuition, which, by the way, is extremely small. But still, they need a place to stay. So the family may choose their most brightest child out of four, five, eight. Choose, okay, let's choose this one. We're going to send him to university. He's got, the, he's got the, the scholarship. Now all we need to do is come up with some money where he can live. So they think, oh, we're going to need probably 30 bucks a month. And that's such a big deal for them that they may have to sell the cow. Now, maybe there are some ranchers here and you're thinking, sell a cow? I do that all day long. But in Cambodia, they might have a cow. The cow is not just an animal. It's their car. It's their semi. It's their plow. It does all the work. So if they sell the cow, they're betting the farm, we used to say. They're betting everything on this kid. And they give him a motorcycle or a bicycle, and they send him to school, and he goes to he, he tries to find a place. Because they have hardly any money, he's in the diviest part of town. Uh, he's surrounded by thieves and addicts and, and, and karaoke. Oh, my. I mean, he can't even study, poor kid. Then he goes in. His room is about two meters by two meters. That's where he cooks. There's a squatty potty in the corner with the sink above it. He has to sleep there, and he has to park his motorcycle or bicycle in with him and study in there. All of this. And it's hot. It's corrugated tin, and it's really hot in Cambodian, muggy. So it's terrible, really. And we saw this problem. We said, look, if we rent something where they can stay, 
See, those of you who missed dessert night missed a picture of that. Next time, get some dessert. It was good, too, and lots was left. So anyways, we rent like a row house type of a thing. Is there any one of the props that looks like that? No, okay. But it's just a row house, about four or five meters wide, four stories high, kind of deep. And then in there is where they park their motorcycles, and then upstairs is where the boys sleep on first level. Then we have girls who sleep higher up on the third and fourth levels like that. We house these kids, we make them give us a little bit of something for utilities so they won't just leave the power on. And then we put them in there, we, we ask them, they sign a contract actually that they will, they will take training for us, from us, for one hour a day. We do uh, four one hour and a half sessions. And then uh, we also ask them to be involved in the church. So they do that and... Uh, we're hoping that because of that, um, we will be able to make a huge change. We've run through about 54 students in the time that we've been doing this, and we're excited because, like I always tell them, people are going to notice you. You're a group of people that are doing something that's abnormal. You're already very loving. You're all very helpful. You're all doing these things that are good, and people are going to notice that. They're going to say, what's going on there? There's boys and girls, single boys and girls in the same building, and yet no hanky-panky. They're good kids. They love each other, and people can see that they're like brothers and sisters, although they come from all parts of Cambodia. And it's an evident thing that people can see, and they talk about it. Scripture tells us in Matthew 5, 14 to 16... Jesus is, uh, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Now, that last tiny bit is really important, I think. We don't want to do good deeds so that people will come up to us later and go, good job, well done. I want to hear that, good job, well done, but I want my father to tell me that in heaven. And so do you. So when you do something that's good, avoid the, yes, I did fantastic, didn't I? No, wait for that later on, and that's the best way. But we are visible. People see us. People wonder why we're what we are. Now, last year at uh, the Student Residence and Discipleship Center, the numbers were kind of dropping down, and we didn't know what to do. Because we were thinking, we need to have regular students, otherwise we're going to have like four students on four floors, and that's just not, that's not good use of God's money. So we're trying to promote the, 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 promote the, the dorm, and say, please come and stay. And the kids, um, eventually it was like, oh my goodness, we may have to take some, like, like, there were no young people from the churches who wanted to come. We said, we're going to have to take some kids that are perhaps yet saved. So with great amount of prayer, Patty and I, we decided we would take this one girl. And we kind of figured, you know, she's just a girl, so she's not going to be a huge threat to us. Sorry, ladies, I don't mean that, like, you know. 
don't be offended. Uh, we just figured that she would be, you know, easier, that she wouldn't manipulate the entire dorm. And it wasn't long. This girl listened to this. She came to the studies, and she lived with us, in the, with the other kids in the dorm, and she was going to church. And after a while, she came and said to the dorm leader, I like what you have here. I want that too. So the dorm leader brought her to Patty, and they sat around the table, and they, made, they shared the gospel and prayed with the young lady, and she became a Christian. That's worth applause. You may be doing a lot of applauding, and I like that because it's all good. Then we thought, well, that worked out rather well, and we still need people, so yeah, let's do that again. So another single girl. This first girl was named Lekana. The next girl's name was Muntra. Okay, so we got Lekana, then we got Muntra. Muntra comes and stays with us. She's cute and everything. It's all fine. And sure enough, after a little while, she says to the dorm leader, whatever these guys have, whatever you guys have, I want that too. So the dorm leader hauled her off over to our house and they prayed with her again, and that was two. So, applause. Good. Nothing about me, all right? I didn't, didn't, wasn't even in the picture. Patty was, but, you know, it's all about God. So then, okay, now we're thinking, we, we can do this. This is working out well. What if we tried boys? Yeah, okay, let's be daring, go out on the edge. We'll try. Two unsaved boys. We bring them in put them in the dorm. But when we talked to the last girl, we said, you know, you guys, you know how to share your faith. You know what to say. You know how to explain it. You know how to pray. You can do it. It's nothing about us. We're not magic or anything. Do it yourself. Two new boys in the dorm. They also, <laughs> they also were impressed. And they said, we want that. And the dorm leader said, all right, we don't have to go anywhere gather a few more people around, explain the gospel well, pray with the two boys. They called us up. Hey, remember those two guys that used to be not saved? Well, they are. So that is very, very exciting for us. Neither of them were really staunch Buddhists, but Cambodians believe they are, because, of their, because they are Cambodian, they are Buddhist. So it's really kind of a trick to get them to not be Buddhist anymore, because it's a little bit like saying you won't be Cambodian 100%. Sometimes they tell my wife that she's not a real Cambodian because she doesn't believe in Cambodian's God. But we just say, yeah, but she's really smart. So if you wanted to, if you have like one of those memories where, you know, you remember everything, the names of these guys are Lekana, Muntra, Chan, and Chri. If you're not the kind of person who can remember that, just say those four guys. God knows who we're talking about. They're his beloved children. So I have fruit this time. Sometimes I come and I talk to the churches and it's like, oh my goodness, God kept us safe and everything, but you know, the harvest was kind of small. No, this time we're very excited to say that it's bearing fruit. And what's exciting, really exciting about it is that our fruit is bearing fruit. All right? And that we really want to do. There's 14 million people in Cambodia. If I've got to get them one at a time, that could take me quite a long time. 
But if I can double myself, triple myself, quadruple myself with your prayers and, and help for us, we can do that, and it can go a lot faster. Now, sometimes you'll say, okay, with all this fruit and with those cute grandkids that you've got, is it worth it to keep going back? You know, what keeps you going back there? I'll tell you what keeps going back there. If any of you have suffered with um, addiction and you have a drug that you got to have, this is my drug. I love this. I love being able to share the gospel with somebody and have them say, I want it. I want to take that. It feels like I've made a sale. Making a sale is always good for a salesman, so, you know, it feels good that way for us. But, like, here's a story about Ravi. Ravi is a tribal girl. When she came to the dorm, we thought, boy, this kid has so many strikes against her in Cambodia. She's a girl. That makes it she's lower than... She has less status. She's also tribal, so she's not a full Cambodian. She's from one of the small tribes. That makes, she's short. That makes, an, she's just had so many things going against her, but she came and joined the dorm. She studied with us. She became very, very strong in her faith. She went to church and she listened. And she was on part of the, uh, the outreach teams that goes from the church. She did a really good job. Even her English got a little bit better, but that's nothing to do with with how great she is, but she just became like a sponge to suck up God's word and, and, and become a, a great follower. And one day she said to us, teacher, I have to go back to the village. My mom had a stroke. So she's in the hospital now. She asked for permission from her school. They let her go back. She went back and the hospital said, we can't do anything for this lady. She's had a stroke. And that just means in Cambodian, the word is dead and one half of you is dead. So they said, we can't fix her and we, she's okay the way she is. We can't do anything for her that you couldn't do at your home, so just keep her at home. So the people all took her home and the village, because they're tribal, they all just band together and they thought, okay, we will get the big shaman to come. They're not Buddhist in the tribes. They're animists, so they believe in spirits and spirits spirit appeasing and shamans and witchcraft and things like that. So they're going to get the shaman to come. They got the best one. I would guess perhaps the scariest one. I don't know much. I'd, uh, but whatever. He's going to do this big thing. And there was another missionary who was there who reported this. I didn't see it myself, but I did get it from another missionary. Um, but he's, they, on the day that they wanted to do the big thing, they, they shaman asked them to go to the woods and get the bones of grandma and bring the bones of grandma back to the room. And there they would invoke the spirit of grandma and grandma's spirit would make the mom better. So it was a big thing and the missionary told me it was the darkest, most oppressive thing that she had ever seen. But she watched and he began with his ceremony saying things and callings spirits and things like that and I don't know normally they, they cut some chickens or some pigs or some buffaloes and shed blood all over I don't know what all they did there but he's doing his thing and all of a sudden see Ravi is sitting in there Ravi with her big smile but on that day probably no smile sitting there in the thing with her sister Piset, Piset and Ravi were the only are the only two Christ followers in the family the rest of the group is all with the shaman, 
The shaman stops and he says, I can go no further. There are two ways in this room and one blocks me. That was Ravi and her sister. As small as they were, as insignificant as they were, with four or five strikes against them for who they are, they stopped the shaman. Now that's applause worthy, I think. Not for her, but for the power. What she had in her. What was blazing forth from her. This piece of scripture says that if a, a city on a hill cannot be hid. Now, when I'm in the lower mainland and I'm looking out towards the ocean, as if I'm driving towards Vancouver in the evening, I can see Whistler and it always, it's like some stars that are incredibly close to the earth. It's true, on a really dark night, that shines so bright from so far. We are like that. We are like that. We are like Ravi, shining so bright that the shaman says, I can't. I just can't. After a little while, uh, everybody went home. Ravi went back to school. And there she's just now graduated. She's finished her four years. She's a geography teacher now. And uh, we're terribly excited for her. Her future is, as br is very bright to keep the theme going. Um, but we do ask you to remember, if you remember this story, remember Ravi's mom. We covet her for the kingdom as well. We would love her to say, I don't know what my kids had that stopped the shaman, but I want that, right? And we want to make sure that she has an opportunity to do that. So pray for her. Her name is Ravi. Again, if you don't remember Ravi, you can just say that girl with the big smile that David was talking about. But that's what keeps us going back. That kind of exciting thing, that, that power that we're a part of. We love to be part of that. In Cambodia, when there's an election, they want to be part of the winning team. They'll vote for whoever they think is going to win. Not what they want or what's good for the country. They just go, ooh, it looks like it's going to go that way. So we're over there too. And that's why they've had only one prime minister in such a, so many, many, many years. But this morning, I want to encourage you to let your light shine. This is not something that just comes from the Bible. That makes it an order. Or when Jesus says to do it, we should do it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that this is a foreign topic. Shining bright. Pink Floyd used to say, shine on you crazy diamond. Okay, nobody understood about that, so we'll go... Jump two more generations up to Rihanna. Rihanna said, shine bright like a diamond. Am I getting closer? I can't rap, so forget that. That's all you get. But it's a theme. We should shine bright. We should be evidence. That people should look at us and go, man, that's brilliant. And not because we're smart, we said something smart. It should just be like, we are blazing. Something in us is blazing. Now, I'm going to do that in Cambodia. I'm going to go be bright and shiny in Cambodia. But you all have your circle of influence. You meet people that there's no way that I'd ever meet. And you can shine bright. And you're the ones who you should be up there. People should come to you and say, I don't know what it is about you, but I'd like to have some of that. Could I? And that, yes, that's where, that's where we can say, 
It's because I believe in Jesus. I just love Jesus. Now, I know that talking about Jesus is sometimes, you know, people say I'm offended or something like that. But really, if you're a Christian, there should be fruit of who you are. The Bible calls it fruit of the Spirit. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. The last part of that section says, against these things there are no laws. No one ever says, you are just too darn joyful. No more of that. And you, with all the peace, stop that. I'm offended by how long-suffering you are. Right? There are no laws against this stuff. When you are talking about the gospel, when you are sharing the good news, remember that it is good news. All right? Don't make it bad news. It's possible for a Christian to talk about the gospel and make it bad news. That's why people go, uh, 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 no, 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 no. Why should they say no, no, no to this? This is good stuff. In the old days, before I was a missionary, I worked for Hostess Frito-Lay. And I sold chips. When I would sell chips, I would say, these are so fresh. They're in a Mylar bag. They have a date that I will get out of your store well before it's the due date. And they're crunchy. They're made in sunflower seed oil. And the flavors are the best in Canada. Everybody loves them. Could I put 16 feet of shelf there? Yes, sir, you could. Thank you. Now, I could say that they're all carbs and they're deep fried in oil and it's going to turn into cholesterol and jam up your veins and you'll be dead. It's also true, but it's bad news and I don't get any shelf space with that. So when you're sharing the good news, see, some people are going to say, nuh-uh, chips aren't like that at all. Chips are good for you. Right? Kettle chips. Right? They're good for you. So, well... Who knows? But it's the way you sell your product. And I don't want to cheapen the gospel down to a product, but I think you can see the, the similarity there. So make it good news when you tell people. You don't need to tell them, oh, you're going to need to stop, and then you can think of whatever's in your head. Just introduce them to the Spirit and let Him tell them what they need to change. That's all you need to do. And who's going to ever say, oh, you judged me? Don't judge them then. Don't judge anybody. Just shine. Be shiny. If I could give the benediction, I would say be shiny. Right? That's all. Be bright and shiny. I invite you to remember to pray for the university students that Patty and I work with. Um, I should really have written our email address someplace. I'll tell you what it is. Maybe you'll just remember it because it's kind of easy. My last name is Enns. So our email address is endsoftheearth at gmail.com. Endsoftheearth at gmail.com. No spaces, no funniness. And then if you write to that address, we will send you news from the ends of the earth every quarter. And there you'll see pictures of us, pictures of the kids we work with, and huge amount of stories of how a harvest is coming in. And we covet your prayers, your support for us as we go out there. And later on,
Well, we don't have a whole lot of time after the service, but uh, if there was some way that you wanted to write to us and ask us questions, we love to answer the questions, so try and remember endsoftheearth at gmail.com and uh, present your questions to us and we will answer them. We want you to join in shining. Be shiny here, I'll be shiny there, and that's what I have for you today. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, you're a good God and you give us good things and we're so grateful. We're grateful that Jesus was obedient and went to the cross. We're grateful that he took the penalty for our sins, atoned us and made us right with, so that we can be close to you. You would be offended if dirty people were singing about you. But because we believe in you and we're covered by the blood, such good news we can sing, holy, 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 and you're not offended. And we love you so much. And we want to share. We want to share the good news. We want to be bright. We want people to look at us and say, I want that. And get you more glory. So give us opportunities, please. Bring people into our lives that will open up a channel so that we can share. And give us also courage so that we will do that. So that you get more glory. And we can double ourselves, and they can double more, and you get more and more glory. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for their heart. Thank you for their ears listening to me as I talk about you. It's about you that I brag. So accept the, the applause and um, the amen that comes from your people. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team, come on back up.